Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel. Honestly, you don't want to be taking generic legal advice from a YouTube channel or podcast in any event. On with the show. He's holding a thermal Sprite bottle? The law behind the latest TSA ban. Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing partner of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we have a bit of an unusual story. For those of you who follow the channel or who follow virtual legality in general, you know I'm a big fan of Star Wars. And recently, Disney opened up a brand new Star Wars land at its Disneyland theme park in California and will open in the next day or two the Star Wars land in Orlando, Florida at Disney World. And as part of this Star Wars land, it was built kind of to be an immersive environment like Harry Potter at Universal. And so they worked with various different parties to build things that you could purchase in this land that were evocative of Star Wars, that were immersive, that weren't just the same old, same old that you might find in every other gift shop in Disneyland or Disney World. Unfortunately, the reason we're having this video and podcast right now is it appears that they did their job a little bit too well. So now I've pulled up an article from the Orange County Register, which is a newspaper that covers Anaheim and Disneyland and things in Southern California. And the name of the article, which released, I think, a day or two ago, is TSA, the Transportation Security Authority, bans Star Wars Galaxy's Edge thermal detonator Coke bottles from checked and carry-on luggage. That's bad news for Star Wars fans who want to bring home the unique bottles of the real thing as souvenirs from Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland and Disney's Hollywood Studios. Referring Hollywood Studios to actually Orlando, Florida, which is where Hollywood Studios is and not California, where you might think Hollywood Studios is, you know, Disney naming conventions. But I've pulled up here. They've got a picture of the Sprite bottles and the Coke bottles. And this was a big deal that they announced at Celebration, that they had worked with the Coca-Cola company to make these very specialized bottles so that you could purchase Coke and Sprite in Galaxy's Edge and still feel like you were a part of the Star Wars universe. It was never entirely clear to me how drinking from a thermal detonator made you feel more a part of the Star Wars universe than drinking from a Coke bottle, but, you know, better minds than mine have come up with these things, I would suppose. Continuing with the article, the Transportation Security Administration has banned the thermal thermal detonator Coca-Cola bottles sold in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. TSA's officials confirmed that the souvenir collectible Coke bottles exclusively available in the new Star Wars lands are prohibited on U.S. flights because they look like replica explosives. Replica items are not allowed on aircraft, said TSA spokesperson Jim Gregory. The Coca-Cola bottles sold in Galaxy's Edge look like palm-sized thermal detonator grenades emblazoned with logos rendered in the Oribesh language used throughout the galaxy far, far away. In a response to an online inquiry, the official Ask TSA Twitter account replied that the Galaxy's Edge Coke bottles were prohibited on flights because replica and inert explosives aren't allowed in either carry-on or check bags. You can see here, if you're watching this on the video, they've got a Twitter feed that is the Ask TSA Twitter feed, which I was actually interested in because I didn't know that they did this. And that's part of the reason I did this video and podcast, because this is a very unusual way 
to share regulations and laws and rules. Uh, they answer questions to people that essentially send them photos of things on Twitter and say yay or nay as to whether or not you can bring it on a plane. And this particular Twitter user, Ash, at Dark Ash Net, had said, hey, look at this advertisement for Coca-Cola uh, at Galaxy's Edge, including a very normal-looking Dasani bottle. So again, immersion, you know, I don't know. In any event, they've got this picture of these bottles, and the TSA says, thanks for asking. Replica and inert explosives aren't allowed. Now, the reason I'm making this video is also because this is as over-lawyered as you can possibly get, right? Nobody looking at those particular items think that they are grenades. They're blazoned with a Coca-Cola logo, for Pete's sake. But one of the things that I wanted to talk about is exactly how the TSA operates, where it gets its uh, authority from, and in particular, why it's answering questions on Twitter that leads to these various things and how we got into this situation, because I think it's interesting and I think it's useful for understanding exactly why you see what you see when the TSA announces that a new thing is banned or that this is banned. Now, before we get to the end of this video, spoiler alert, I want to tell you, I think it's very, very, very likely that the TSA will roll this back, that they will issue an informal memo to their people that says, hey, these things that are mass produced by Disney with the Coca-Cola logo, those aren't grenades. And maybe we require them to be checked. But if we allow them to be checked, then they're going to be allowed on these various bags. I'm not entirely sure how a plastic bottle is going to be seen on a, on a checked check anyway, unless they're doing really, really in-depth searches of all these bags all the time. But in any event, if that happens, you can say you heard it here first on virtual legality because I think Disney's big enough. A lot of people are going to want to buy these things. These things have already been mass produced to such an extent. And overall, the security threat is non-existent. And this is a kind of ridiculous conversation to be having about this that I think very likely that you'll see that this is walked back. And we'll see a statement to the, from the TSA yesterday to the effect of, hey, we're, we're going to look at this issue because, hey, we, we heard it. There's a lot of people that are upset that we said this. Uh, continuing with their logic, as described in this newspaper article, the Galaxy's Edge Coke bottles could cause confusion for TSA screeners at airport security checkpoints, Gregory, their spokesman, said. It could create concern that it's the real thing, he said in a phone interview. That's bad news for Star Wars fans who want to bring home the unique bottles as souvenirs from the Black Spire Outpost Village on the Star Wars planet of Batu, the setting for the 14-acre lands at Disneyland and Disney Hollywood Studios. Occasionally, this newspaper winds up sounding a little bit like PR for Disney. Don't worry about it. They do that all the time. The California-themed land opened on May 31st, and the Florida version debuts on Thursday, August 29th. Today, the day of this video. What better day to release a video about Galaxy's Edge? The Coke, Diet Coke, and Sprite bottles were designed to look like the spherical explosive weapons used by the bounty hunters and stormtroopers in the Star Wars universe. The design of this thing just looks cool, kind of thermal detonator-ish. It's kind of awesome. And then they go on to describe this. They also point out at the very end of this article that the TSA permits the hand-built lightsabers and astromech droids that you can buy, despite some of the violence you might have seen from droids and certainly some of the violence you've seen from lightsabers, in checked bags, as reported by some others. Now, looking at this picture... Again, before we even get into the law here, I have a number of issues with this. One, yeah, of course you're allowing the, the $200 lightsabers in the bags. And I think that there's a reasonable distinction to be made between replica explosives and replica swords. Because swords can't generally just explode and do damage on their own. If you've got a grenade and it's on a timer or something along those lines, I can understand there being a distinction between these rules. Uh, that if you've got a grenade in a bag, even if it's checked and you've set it up in a proper way, maybe it could do damage. Maybe it would represent a security risk 
to transportation. And while I think some of this stuff is maybe a little bit overly precautionary, that's not up to me. That's up to the TSA. And I can understand making a distinction between a lightsaber and a grenade. If this was an actual grenade, if you think of a grenade from World War II and it was a replica, I can understand the distinction. The problem that I have is judgment, right? You look at these pictures. Yes, they are spherical. They have a little topper on them. Do you know what I see here that they also look like? They look like Christmas ornaments. Wouldn't you say? You look at that picture, you say, hey, that looks very much like a Christmas ornament, especially the Coca-Cola one, which is primarily red and has a gray topper. And I don't believe, I don't know this for sure, to be honest with you, I don't believe the TSA is regularly saying that you can't bring Christmas ornaments in checked baggage on flights because they have the vague shape of a grenade. And if that's not the case, then I look at this and say, hey, TSA, we got to use our judgment here, right? These are mass-produced items that are created by Disney that are designed to be collectible, and you are banning these essentially on a precautionary principle that is three notches too high. I generally refer to this as being over-lawyered, that maybe you have the authority to do it. Maybe in some kind of reasonable doubt universe, you could say, yes, that looks like a grenade. But no, no, it really doesn't. It certainly doesn't look like any earthly grenade. And then we start getting into fictional issues anyway. Are are we really going to start banning things that look like fictional items of war? Thermal detonators are only shown in really one scene in Return of the Jedi. The next time we even see thermal detonators, as far as I'm aware, is in respect of the Solo movie that came out last year. And in that case, Han is using a rock that he pretends to, to use as a thermal detonator, and he makes a clicking sound when he uses it. So while that's an interesting scene, it shows that a thermal detonator isn't even that common in the Star Wars landscape. So it's one of those questions where you say, TSA, what are we doing here? We don't live in a galaxy far, far and away. We live on Earth. And that looks like a Coke bottle that's spherical and made to look like a Christmas tree ornament in all honesty. And so where are you coming off on this? And so when I saw this article, which I thought was plain crazy, I decided to go and look at some of the stuff that how the TSA gets the power that it does, because this is the kind of thing that I do when I see an article like this. And hopefully you like that. And that's why you follow virtual legality. But I pulled up right now uh, the screen that actually isolates this particular question on the Transportation Security Administration website. And it says toy guns and weapons. That's where this is found. It says while these types of toys are generally permitted, special instructions for carry on bags, always permitted in check bags. We recommend that you pack them in your check baggage. Squirt guns, nerf guns, toy swords, or other items that resemble realistic firearms or weapons are prohibited. We recommend emptying water guns, which must follow the 311 liquids rule, which is the amount of liquid that you can bring on the plane. But replicas of explosives, such as hand grenades, are prohibited in both checked and carry-on baggage. So you look at this and you say, okay, We've got a number of different sentences. How is somebody even supposed to interpret this? Types of toys are generally permitted, toy guns and weapons. Put them in your check baggage. But squirt guns, nerf guns, toy swords, or other items that represent realistic firearms and weapons are prohibited. So are toy swords allowed or are they prohibited? And if toy swords are prohibited, how are lightsabers allowed and Coke bottles that look like Christmas tree ornaments not allowed? You get into these various situations, right? You're looking at this and saying, I don't know what is prohibited and what is accepted just from this paragraph. And and you look at this and you say, hey, I have no idea what you're talking about. And the TSA says, hey, we know you don't have any idea what we're talking about. We've created this helpful list of things that you can bring and can't bring through security screening. However, because this can't cover everything and because there might be specific issues on the edge of what you're doing, for items not listed here, 
Simply snap a picture or send a question to Ask TSA on Facebook or Twitter, and we will answer your questions. That's how this whole thing happened, right? We saw that tweet come through Ask TSA that said, hey, these Coke bottles, are they allowed? And interestingly, even though this question was asked a couple days ago, we haven't heard of a lot of news scuttlebutt about people getting dropped or not being allowed to bring their Coke bottles through security since Galaxy's Edge in California opened, I think, a couple months ago. So chances are this wasn't actually an issue until the TSA responded to this question because I would imagine individual TSA agents look at that and say, that's a Coke bottle. And hey, I can open it up and see that it's empty. And so, you know, it's one of those things where, yes, better judgment probably prevailed until they are asked the formal question, which maybe should be an entirely different video about whether you should ask forgiveness or permission and when it makes sense to do one thing and not the other. That's an interesting question and one that's only tangential to this. But because the TSA has answered it now, it becomes a news article. And I, I pointed out the original source material uh, from California, but it's now been covered in The Verge and CNN and national news media that the TSA has done this ban because Disney's the biggest media company on earth, because they have all this invested in these things. And you look at this and you say, is this any way to run a railroad? Basically, the TSA has a set of rules here that are ad hoc. They, they have a, a, a community service member, presumably someone with the authority to do so, take pictures all day on Twitter and on Facebook and say, yes, no, no, yes, 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 no. And then presumably they take those, they incorporate those into this long list of rules that nobody could possibly be expected to understand entirely. And that's the TSA as it exists today. And you say, Rick, how, how in the world does something like this happen? And so I go and I look at the actual statutes that authorize these things. So I've brought up four, 49 U.S. Code Section 114 announcing the Transportation Security Administration. Now, this is actually the second set of laws that talk about what the TSA does because this puts them under the Department of Homeland Security, which it obviously couldn't have been under before the Department of Homeland Security existed. So this actually moved it over under the Department of Homeland Security's control. But we can see here what I would generally frame as a congressional delegation of authority. And this is one of those issues that you could spend an entire year or 10 years, if you're a professor, looking at in law school and kind of talking about what authority Congress, which makes the laws of the United States, has to delegate the authority to make laws to another party, like an administrator or to a secretary or to an undersecretary, as is the case here, and what times it can't delegate that authority. And for your purposes of understanding, it's important to understand when Congress delegates authority, when it creates a body like this, generally speaking, it goes into the executive branch. The executive executes the laws versus the legislature, which creates the laws. And so when it builds something like the Transportation Security Administration, or indeed the Department of Homeland Security, those go under the rule of the president. Now, the president has a billion different people working under him under the executive branch, but it goes under the executive branch of government, which is one of those areas, which is why we have so many questions about the presidential authority. That's one of those things that if you were a constitutional law scholar, you would discuss quite often is uh, whether or not the president has the full authority to hire and fire everybody to change everything under the executive branch because it's under his branch of government, even though the legislature has put specific parameters on it. It's one of those questions that you're constantly seeing during the Trump administration. It's one of those questions that you saw a lot of during the Obama administration. This is a question that follows presidents around all the time now because there still is a great deal of kind of tumult around what a president can do. And some of that is a function of the fact that Congress has kicked the can to the executive branch on so many questions, so many details. We're going to look at how the Transportation Security Administration is described here 
because we're going to see that it doesn't describe anything in terms of detail as to what they have to do. It says the functions of this, the administrator of the TSA shall be responsible for security in all modes of transportation, including carrying out the various uh, ambits of the statutes relating to civil aviation security and related research and development activities and security responsibilities over other modes of transportation, trains and whatever else that are exercised by the Department of Transportation, another executive branch. In terms of screening, which is what we're interested in, what can the TSA block from getting on a plane? The administrator shall be responsible for day-to-day federal security screening operations for passenger air transportation and intrastate air transportation under sections 44901 and 44935. This then continues to say you'll develop standards, you'll hire people to enact those standards, and you'll be responsible for coming up with policies and procedures around the hiring and, and screening policies of the TSA. Again, this is the normal. This is not an unusual set of laws. This is what Congress does. They say, here's a new department, here's a new administration, and this is what you are going to be doing. This is what we want you to focus on. In this case, civil aviation security and security related to other modes of transportation. And you're going to figure out what needs to be screened, what doesn't, what's important for security matters, and go to it. Now, you saw a reference here to under sections 44901. You say, hey, maybe, Rick, Maybe there's more detail in 44901 about what the TSA can do, what the secretary can do. I said, yeah, you might be right. Let's take a look at 49 USC 44901, screening passengers and property. In general, the administrator of the Transportation Security Administration shall provide for the screening of all passengers and property, including United States mail, cargo, carry-on, and checked baggage, and other articles that will be carried aboard a passenger aircraft operated by an air carrier or for an air carrier in air transportation, or intrastate air transportation. In the case of flights and flight segments originating in the United States, the screening shall take place before boarding and carried out by a federal government employee, except as some other statutes say. So basically you say, okay, so they just described screening maybe a little bit more. And mostly this is designed to describe where the constitutional authority of making a law like this can actually work. That, okay, air travel is covered, it's transportation. You can also cover intrastate air transportation. If it's going to be originating in the United States, you can do it this way. If it's not, we've got some other rules that are going to come into play. And then it says supervision of screening. All screening of passengers and property at airports in the United States where screening is required under this section shall be supervised by uniformed federal personnel of the Transportation Security Administration. That's almost entirely it. That if we look at C, check baggage, a system must be in operation to screen. This is it. This is all the detail you get. And that's why you wind up with something like we just saw on the TSA's website, which is the secretary, the administrator, the undersecretary, whoever is working on these various things for the Transportation Security Administration has to come up with rules and regulations that give effect to the power that Congress has bestowed upon them, which is essentially you worry about security and you figure it out. And so the TSA, rather than really being specific about sets of rules, and this is, a, this is a decision that they made, and it's not one that I can say is wrong sitting here. I'm not a security expert. They've said, all right, we need to take a flexible approach to what's allowed and not allowed on essentially an ad hoc basis because we don't know what's coming around the corner. We don't know what somebody's going to try to move through our security systems uh, in the future. And so they basically say, hey, send us pictures about what you're interested in. Of course, if you wind up sending a picture to the TSA because you're interested about whether you can bring it on a plane, you're probably the safest person on earth because you decided to actually ask the TSA before you even arrived at the airport. That notwithstanding, the TSA can then respond to those photos on that ad hoc basis and say yay or nay. And that's really what has resulted in all of this. Star Wars Coke bottles being banned by the TSA 
as replica explosives because they had a rule in place that somebody reacted to, an actual sentence that says, hey, that's a replica fake thermal detonator with a Coke logo that we can see with our eyes is empty. But notwithstanding all of that, we are still going to ban it because this sentence exists that says replica explosives are not allowed on either checked baggage or carry-on baggage. And that's how we get to this point in time. So that's really what I wanted to say on this video and podcast is that it's always very interesting to see where the power originates from, how we got to a place that seems stupid, right? If you take nothing away else from this video or podcast, I'm always interested in looking at a news article that your initial knee-jerk reaction is, that is crazy. That is so silly. How did we get there from here? And the answer is, you had Congress delegate authority over security to a TSA that decided it wanted to essentially label things on an ad hoc basis about whether or not they could come on or, or not, the, the airplane that they're, they're covering. And then they essentially distributed that authority to someone working Twitter and Facebook to answer questions of consumers. And that person probably has to base their judgments on what is already in existence on the fact and the various question answers that we saw, which has a very specific sentence that says replica explosives can't be used. And then they had to make the judgment call that said the replica explosive of a fictional item that also happens to be a drink container that looks like a Christmas tree ornament is sufficient to ban from air travel. That's how you get from point A to point Z, where you get a news article like this. And I always find it fascinating. Now, as I said earlier in this video and podcast, that's not by any means the end of the story. Disney is huge. There's a lot of people that are going to be trying to move these bottles. There probably are a lot of people that have already moved these bottles. And so the TSA issued a statement yesterday that said the issue concerning Star Wars Galaxy's Edge themed soda bottles has recently been brought to our attention by the general public, as these items could reasonably be seen by some as replica hand grenades. Note the passive... Note the passive voice there, right? The TSA isn't silly enough to say, we actually think these things look like replica hand grenades. They're essentially acting as defense for some of their people on the ground, the TSA agents that might otherwise be facing this question. This is like a coach on a college football team not throwing his players under the bus, but essentially saying, hey, look, somebody somewhere could think this thing looks like a grenade. And because of that, because our Twitter guy thought it maybe looked like a grenade, we're going to have to treat it like that for purposes of our understanding right now. But honestly, at a TSA, uh, the entire administration level, this is the first time we've thought about this issue. So we're issuing a statement right now because it's got way, way, way more press than we wanted. Continuing Continuing with their statement, we appreciate the concerns being raised because replica explosives are not permitted in either carry-on or check bags. Concerns in this particular case, probably meaning the concerns about people that want to move them. While we continue to review this issue, TSA officers will maintain the discretion to prohibit any item through the screening checkpoint if they believe it poses a security threat. In other words, this is a half back down of their original position, which essentially says these things must be treated as replica hand grenades. This says they could be reasonably seen as replica hand grenades. Some people have said, hey, we want to move these bottles. We bought these bottles. We think they're super cool. And then they say, hey, TSA officers on the ground will always have the discretion, regardless of what our rules say, to look at something and say, I am not comfortable with this going on the plane. I'm going to take it out and I'm going to confiscate it. 
That's always the case. The TSA can do that almost arbitrarily uh, if you come to a TSA checkpoint at an airport right now in the United States. And that's all that this basically winds up saying. So this is about as close to a back down as you can get from a kind of formal statement in that we saw in the articles that we've seen in various other places on social media and the internet in general. But I would strongly expect that they will actually issue a formal statement that says, hey, we understand you love these bottles. Make sure the cap is off. Make sure they're in check bags uh, and they should be fine to move, uh, move through our airport security system in the near future. That's where I suspect it will end. Stranger things have happened. We could s- continue with the stupidity, but Disney's a very strong uh, party to discuss these issues with the TSA. Obviously has a lot of these things already manufactured. And I strongly suspect nobody actually thinks they are grenades. So outside of some very specific over-lawyered language that was interpreted by their Twitter person, by their Facebook person, I think this is pretty much a non-issue. But for right now, it's a considerable issue because the TSA agents know, because it's in the public right now, that they maybe should be not allowing these things to go forward through their airport security system. So that's the state of play. That's the law, how we got here. That's virtual legality for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, please subscribe to the channel. Please otherwise share it around if you think somebody else might be interested in it. Obviously, since Galaxy's Edge is opening in Florida today, this is an item of immediate concern for a number of people that are visiting Disney World today. Otherwise, if you saw this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you caught it in its podcast version, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality.